0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles.
1: Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
2: Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater week
1: by week and show by show. How are you doing today, Andrew? Now, Jess. Let me just ask you a question. You're trying to be the first person ever to bicycle through an entire podcast. Is that true? That is correct.
2: I am currently on my bicycle, my stationary bike, and I'm going to make the attempt to bicycle through an entire episode of a podcast.
1: Has anyone ever done this before?
2: Probably, but I haven't checked. I just thought it was a good idea. I thought it would be a fun little meme, but now I'm here and I can't back out.
1: All right, Jesse McAnally, the first person ever to bicycle through an entire podcast episode. Is is everyone excited about that? Is anyone excited about that?
2: (laughs) For such a format as podcasting, you know, a visual thing like pedaling a bike.
1: It's not just visual. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone will hear your fucking deep fucking breaths the entire fucking episode.
2: (laughs) And what makes that different from any other episode? Let's be clear about that one.
1: All right. Well, why don't we kick this off? What are we talking about?
2: Well, this week we are talking about the musical ride as requested by our patron, Joseph Evans Green. Cue the music.
0: If you want the riches of a Rockefeller, I've got a fresh bestseller for you today. A tale that's perfect for a feature spread, told week by week instead in my new column for the USA. Less thrills and inspiring caper for the masses. Each line kills. Ooh, I could sell your readers' writing classes. New horizons are waiting for you. Turn your paper into gold. My journey's yearning to be told. You are moments away from the world's greatest story. And after I share that event, sure, well, <laughs> that's just the appetizer.
2: So Ride is a musical written by Freya Catrin Smith and Jack Williams, with also music and lyrics by them. It is based on the life of Annie Cohen Kochowski, aka Annie Londonderry. The world premiere of the award-winning musical Ride was at the Charing Cross Theater on October 25th of 2022. The workshop was shot and made into a streamable production on July twenty second of twenty twenty one, and that's what we're talking about today. Holy Christ! This is this sounded much more easy in concept than it is in practice. I feel for you, Ad Annie Londonberry. Oh man! So, what's the plot of this movie
1: <laughs> or musical, Andrew? Well, it is it is a filmed. It's a streamable production, which I I think I like that. I'm, a, I'm a, I I appreciate that concept. Ride is, I mean. It's a very personal kind of musical, where it's, it's about one person and them just directly telling their story to us, the audience.
2: But in the guise of, she wants to be, like, published.
1: Uh, yes. So we are, we are kind of the journalists uh, as the audience, and she is telling her story directly to us, and there's only one other character, which is her secretary- who plays a number of other characters during the story.
2: It's more the secretary of the paper, like the publication.
1: A secretary. Somebody yeah. is there. <laughs> Somebody else is there. It's honestly, I don't think it's that important who it is, really. No. It's it's a two-person show, and it's very intimate, and it's about biking. Mm-hmm.
2: The Specifically, the first woman to ride around the world on a bicycle in 1895.
1: Yeah. Which I don't think is possible, but somehow, I mean, I, how do they explain how she gets around the oceans? I think
2: the way they described it. I looked up a little bit about her real life. Did
1: she, does she do laps on the boat?
2: Yes. <laughs> and they criticized her like, yeah, it's more like the first woman to travel the world with a bicycle next to her. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fair, but anytime she was on land, she was going by bike. Okay, And there's dubious claims about whether there was a bet involved at all. She likes to frame it as if there is a bet involved, but no one has record of that happening. I will
1: take her at her word. There was a bet.
2: <laughs> I mean, even this musical says that, was there even a bet? And then they refused to answer it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't know this was completely based on a true story. Is I it?
2: mean, it is, but even the musical itself is willing to say, we, we don't know how much of this is true, and we're making it a very unreliable narrator.
1: So this is one of those shows where I get confused. Because, <laughs> Explain. Okay, the unreliable narrator thing. It seems like they're sort of at first telling the story in a bit of a straightforward way. But as it goes, she starts kind of getting sidetracked into other parts of her life. Yes. Am I reading that correctly?
2: And it's all about framing. Like, that's the main character of this is her framing less about her, though. Yes. So she will leave things out and then have to explain them later. And the first bit of this show, she is really explaining like, yeah, I will tell you whatever version of the story is the most interesting one to tell rather than the most honest one. So it would be more interesting if I said I cycled here today, but I didn't. I took a trolley. But what makes the better story? And that's kind of how they set up the framing for the rest of the show, where she will just outright lie.
1: She's trying to be... uh sensationalist about herself
2: exactly
1: um so the show is sensationalist in a way on purpose and they set it up okay
2: and it's by all accounts she was that way in real life um i did my research on annie londonderry um which is not her real name that was a sponsor name
1: (laughs) really they just gave her a sponsor and she changed her name to it
2: Yeah, she, while she was on the road, she changed her name to fit the sponsor. She's like, that was how she funded herself.
1: Like the real life NASCAR driver or something. When they
2: mentioned that she put brands all over her body as she biked around. Like, that was a main part of her, the way that she funded this endeavor.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're going to bike around the entire world, how the fuck are you going to get any money to do that? Yeah, to pay for food, you know? Yeah.
2: And, but the way that she frames it at first is. Hey, I was just down on her luck lady. I just got up and I was like, hey, I want some money. I'm going to go around the world. Let's do it. And then you discover that she abandoned her children, her husband, her family. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Under the guise of doing this to either get away from them or to build something better for them. It never really goes sure quite with. into that.
1: Yeah, uh, it could and be that's either kind
2: one. Of, and that's when the unreliable narration of this really works. I think, <laughs> what do you even think of this? Like, do you like this show?
1: I think this is a show that I'm very not mixed on, because I don't think anything in it is necessarily bad, but it's kind of like I don't know if I love it really. You know, I don't know if this is like a, a show that's for me. Uh I, I think <laughs> there the music is kind of good, but in like a passable way, where it's not anything that's blows you away or wows you. And the storytelling is kind of I don't like this style of storytelling that much. I I, I kind of prefer a bit more straightforward to this. Um, so that's my biases, kind of.
2: I think I love this show, man.
1: Really? Okay.
2: Yeah. And I, I'm i surprised you didn't, because it is kind of like your favorite parts of a con man narrative. But we are I the cons. Like th-
1: I did like that aspect of it. But I I feel like it's not clear on what is and isn't a con sometimes because she i mean she sets up that the whole thing is kind of a con but you don't really there's no like i think what i like about con man stories is usually a scheme of some sort like there's usually like a here's how we're going to execute it it's like a heist but you like a heist you like a time heist yeah whereas this is more just like i'm a liar i'm telling you i'm a liar and i'm going to lie to you for the entire show and that's kind of what happens
2: but she eventually does tell the truth, and whether or not that's the whole truth, I think this is a good, actually effective narrative tool to explain to someone who didn't tell the truth all the time in real life. Like something like this could have done well for like the Catch Me If You Can musical, or yes. even the movie, where most of that shit was bullshit. Anyways, we should have had a little bit of a liar framing to it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's not effective. I think that it is a good show. I think maybe what really did it for me is that the music wasn't really all there. I feel like it needed a bit more. The music and and you described it. We talked discussed it earlier. You described it as a passable 2010s <laughs> pop musical. Yes. And next to normal uh, called it wants its style back. It yeah, it kind of is, and I I feel like it could have had a different style and been a bit better. And I'm not sure what that style would have been. Maybe, um, maybe something that fits the time period a little better, like something a little bit more like old-fashioned, could have been interesting, or just be more fully modern with like the more poppy sound of today. I think I Hamilton
2: know. ruined a lot of things, in my opinion, and I know we are fairly positive of Hamilton.
1: I think, I think, think the damage good,
2: but... it's done to theater is pervasive. What damage do you
1: prescribe to Hamilton?
2: Uh, it's not even a problem with Hamilton itself. It's more that people rip off the aspects that I hate the most about Hamilton.
1: And what aspects are those?
2: One thing I really hate about Hamilton is that it has this modern approach to its music, but its costume and design is very trapped in the 1800s. And I think that makes it kind of... And then everyone does that. Now, this... Also, everyone is dressed in the 1800s, everyone talks like it's the 1800s, However, they don't sing like it's the 1800s. Exactly. (laughs) And it worked for Hamilton once. The best thing I love about Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson is it has like emo music and they don't really, they kind of half dress like the 1800s and then they kind of like mix in modernistic takes.
1: stylized. And And I feel like
2: we've lost stylization when it comes to this because, well, Hamilton did this.
1: Well, yeah, Hamilton did it where it wasn't stylized as far as the costumes and everything and goes it was design. only it was only stylized in the music and yeah this kind of does do the same thing where it's not stylized in any real way other I, than the music
2: and this i mean modernly yes however i do love a lot of the stage tricks they do like you start in this room and we spend a lot of this show just in the blank room and then halfway through, it opens up, and you're actually riding alongside her on the bike, and you see the train set, and you see, and it becomes much bigger. I really like that kind of stylization. Yes. I think that stuff is when it's like really starts working for me.
1: I think that I would have been much more into this show if it had like a Americana blues, bluegrass, like kind of sound, like maybe maybe ragtime kind of sound. I don't know what exactly I'm looking for, but like this mm-hmm. old Americana type sound rather than the 2010s pop sound.
2: And it does feel like this musical came about 10 years too late, at least as far as the music sounds. That doesn't mean I dislike the music, because I really do like a lot of these songs, and I think when it goes a little darker, then it really works for me.
1: <laughs> I think what it is 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 there's two good aspects, and I don't know if they mesh, because the songs on their own are not bad. I just think that they don't fit the style that the show is giving from the visuals and the story and all of that.
2: Okay. I tried to go into this with like an original experience that I used to have a lot with Broadway cast recordings or theater cast recordings. And that was listening to the cast Dublin trying to piece together the story just through the songs. Yes. Which for this specific show, that is not a very effective way to do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, they literally lie to you on multiple occasions. And- yes.
2: I thought just, this was a lesbian love story. I got excited for a lesbian love story. I did not, not get all. that.
1: It is not. It is not that at all. <laughs> Even though sometimes it feels like they're yes, maybe it is. trying to do that, but they're not.
2: <laughs> I did enjoy it, um, but I think I enjoyed the story I made up in my head more than what I eventually did. So every time I embraced this musical, I was on my bicycle. I want to make that clarification too. So when I first listened to Castle Recording, I rode my bicycle through it. Then when I watched the show, I have a little kind of setup screen so I can look at my uh, miles per hour. I also had the screen for the film or the video up. I was on my bike. <laughs> so every time I engaged with this show, I was pedaling my feet, and I wanted and, to make sure that was the truth in the podcast right episode. I have, to, I have to commit to the bit, man. <laughs>
1: He's, he's fully committed. I mean, this is the bike bit. His face is beat red. <laughs> it is.
2: <laughs> it is. It's not that bad, though. I'm really doing all right. I'm probably just breathing a lot harder than it seems, which is probably very unpleasant for a listener. But you know
1: what? I'll, I'll trim it
2: down. You have 200 episodes where I am breathing halfway normally, except for the COVID
1: episodes, the COVID back. Oh, those were good ones. Oh,
2: yeah. I, I don't remember it... what we
1: recorded during the COVID time.
2: Um... <laughs> our Broadway con update.
1: Oh, right. Cause you got the fucking COVID at Broadway. Con, I got right. Broadway con gave me fucking COVID Broadway COVID more like,
2: yeah, but I never missed an episode. Didn't miss an episode through COVID. Yeah. Um, while that being said, I think a lot of what makes this show work is that lead actress. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, we talked about, again, we talked about this a tiny bit earlier. Yes. the, I was gonna say the lead actress is is the show, like yes. you, you. This is such a a close and personal type show with so few people on stage. There's literally two, two actors. and a half people. Yeah. Um, Honestly, the, part of
2: me, what uh, this is dumb. I like. There's a production of Frankenstein where Benedict Cumberbatch played the monster and the man, and he swapped performances depending on the day. I think both actresses are so good that you could flip them depending on the day, and it would probably still be
1: equally as engaging a show. But the thing is, though, it has to be someone who's really good, because if yes. this show has even even a mediocre, like, like a, not a bad actor, but just a mediocre, it's going to fall apart. It's going to yes. fall apart instantly. It will not work. At and
2: all. the lead is Liv Andrusier, I believe that's how you say her name. And they are incredible. <laughs> like next level. This is a star making performance.
1: Yeah. I, and I, I hope we do see more from her because she does do really well in this. And I, this is kind of a I'm guessing this was a bit of a smaller thing because this <laughs> yes. is a short one. It's a short show. Usually Which we love. <laughs> I like short shows, but they don't usually do that well on Broadway as far as no. like.
2: And I don't think this really has a name for this. So this is a West End show. It is a London-made thing, which is strange for such an Americana kind of story.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, she, yeah, she is from America. The, yeah, this the is American
2: and travels across the world. She's from Boston, like your neck of the woods. Hey, I love Boston. Wicked smart. I wonder if she <laughs> knew uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Wicked smart. When I drove through Boston. Like I see all these movies about like you know Massachusetts and how great it is, and then all I can think about is like the fucking shitty parts of Boston that they shoot in Goodwill
1: Hunting. <laughs> I'm like
2: that—that's the most accurate representation I've ever
1: seen. I actually really like Boston, but the fucking public transport there sucks ass. <laughs> it's not great. I had to uh, I had to take the T to uh, the airport once, <laughs> and we took the commuter rail from Lowell into boston which comes into like the main central like station there and there's no way to get from that station onto the t that goes to the airport you have to leave the station and then walk like four blocks to get on the train that goes to the airport and it's like what the fuck is this (laughs) you know what would have been faster (laughs) what's that riding your bike you're fucking right i could have ridden that (laughs) all the way around the fucking world i could have i could have taken that through fucking China all the way back around into Chicago.
2: <laughs> um, I do love every song that is about a bicycle. I I think this mixes our two loves, which is your love of con people and my love of biking. I I feel like that's not something we've talked about a lot on this show.
1: We've but never I, talked about how you like biking, but I you do bike love a biking, lot. Man.
2: I did like literally forty miles today, <laughs> just today, and now I'm still doing it.
1: He's he's going more. He's he's literally doing more. Your legs is, must be fucking built.
2: They <laughs> my girlfriend calls them table legs because they feel like uh, the the like putting stuff on a table like they are very flat. They are the only part of me that is actually muscly. <laughs> but I love biking and oh, every song about a bike like specifically ride and the world's greatest story. The world's greatest story is where she's just pitching a bicycle to us, the audience. It is wonderful and I love it.
1: Uh, would you buy the bicycle?
2: I would. I would. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I would buy a hundred bicycles. I love bikes so much. My my favorite comedy film is Pee-wee's Big Adventure because it's all about a bicycle. Okay,
1: question. Yes. Bicycle lore, 1895. When did the modern bicycle get invented? How soon after that was this?
2: I think it's around this time. I mean...
1: Because, I mean, the, the modern bicycle as a concept, I think, came into existence with the fucking... What is that big wheel thing called? A fucking... Uh... <laughs> I don't remember, but then they then they were like, this sucks. We need one that doesn't fall down if you go downhill. Uh. <laughs> I think I can't, because when we're, the Wright brothers
2: were known for, they so they made airplanes based on biking. like That was the way that they developed it. And from the aerodynamics of biking, they were able to discover, hey, you know, you could fly like this, which is why a lot of the early airplanes were ba-
1: built off bikes. A penny farthing, that's what it's called. <laughs> Although it was Um, called a bicycle before that, because that was the bicycle. And now we have this one.
2: I'm not going to lie, riding across the world for like, so in 1895, can you look this up for me? What would be the conversion rate? Because she was getting $10,000 in 1895 for her trek across the world for
1: 15 months. That would be about $363,000.
2: Holy shit, I'd do it. I I would waste 15 months of my life biking across the world for that much money. Yes, tax free. Uh,
1: Yeah, I think that that would be kind of an easy choice. That's a lot of (laughs) fucking money,
2: and I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't. Oh no, I rip my headphones out. Do I stop biking to reach for the
1: cord? No, I ain't no wimp. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. Pedals going. He's fucking going for it. I got it. That cord is gonna get tangled up in those pedals. You're so fucked. What? Never mind. Never mind. I, I didn't say anything. I
2: got it. I am just as good as you. Uh uh London London dear.
1: Okay. So, we have a previews for this. We
2: do. So, this is a relatively new musical. Like, I think it might be one of our more recent shows we've ever covered, and we do want to say we are grateful for recordings of live theater when they come out, especially for new material. I am very glad we had the opportunity to see this and I did enjoy watching the pro shot a lot. And if you can get your hands on it, please do watch it.
1: It's actually a decently shot pro <laughs> shot as well.
2: One of the better ones. The only issue I have is the um, dialogue mix is a lot lower
1: than the singing mix. Yeah, I, I wonder if they could fix that. But I mean, at this point, they've already put it out there. So
2: yeah, it's it's for everyone to see now. <laughs> Someone else fix it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Make that your little little doodad to do. All right. So brief views. Yes. What have we got today? We have a review from The Guardian, uh, from uh, Rifa Akbar, uh, on September 6th of 2022, 20, uh, so very fucking recent.
2: Yes. Uh,
1: literally Less than a year ago. Less than a year ago. So, here we go. The music is strong, if slightly samey, although the meat of the story takes some time to reach. We po- poodle along... I feel like I'm just going to say pedal along because I feel like that's what I would have wanted to have said here. Well,
2: imagine it's pretty British.
1: <laughs> we put along jauntily. Fine, fine. We put along gently until <laughs> <laughs> Meeting aristocrats on ocean crossings and encounter a bike confiscation in France, which that I can't even believe they did that. This person's biking around the world. You're going to take their bike away. I the most,
2: honestly I was about to say it's the most accurate representation of French people I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, for real. Fuck. French people. Do. Fucking French people, man. Where do you get off? <laughs> the plot points do not feel big enough until almost an hour into the show when we hear of Londonderry's marriage and the three children back home, which, yeah, that is a kind of a, a twist. It takes there. a
2: minute to get to the melodrama.
1: Yeah. though I, I think the show's still fun before that, though.
2: It's a lot of uh, fun, which is why I almost think we need it sprinkled out a little bit earlier because it does feel like we just fall off a cliff as opposed to going down a hill.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like the shoe just drops <laughs> from like the top <laughs> her, uh, her tragic early family life and her reasons for running away. This knowledge, along with her love affair with married Harvard professor, Fred Rose Sutton, who she meets on her trip, undermines the ideal of the American dream by reflecting on all the big immovable forces that have worked against her. The rousing song, The Charmed Existence of Fred Rose, speaks of his casual class entitlement and male privilege in stark contrast to her battles.
2: Oh, is this just like Barbie? Does it also hate
1: men? This, this show just fucking hates men, dude. <laughs> All right. Whatever its shortfalls, this is a soulful musical with its biggest asset in Andrewsier? Is that her name? Yes. Uh, who is captivating to watch throughout. A glittering new musical star has surely been launched.
2: I agree. Fundamentally, I agree with all that. I don't want to fight any of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's not like a perfect show. And I mean, I think I've been maybe more negative than I even really feel about the show in this. And that's a problem that I have sometimes. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, it's just kind of there's there's good stuff, there's bad stuff. And the uh, lead actress is uh, carrying the whole thing. <laughs>
2: I don't want to the lead actress is good, but that secondary lead is also very, very good too. my favorite part of the show is when um, Miss Londonderry has a little bit of a mental breakdown, unpacking her emotional trauma and her secretary has to take over her role for her and telling the story. (laughs) And it is just like a pitch perfect impression. I love that. I love that moment so much that she takes us through the climax of the story and it's not even our lead actress.
1: Well, lead actress is too busy having the big breakdown, so...
2: Yeah, after delivering one of the most heartbreaking songs in the show. Sincerely. Truly. Um, yeah, I don't don't disagree with this review, but I do feel like it is a little too lukewarm for what I think the show brings, and I think seeing it live would probably give me a lot more connection to it instead of the more toast reaction they had.
1: I think seeing shows like this live... Um, Are most of the
2: like, reason it works.
1: Especially a show like this where it's so... It's really just the audience and two people on stage, you know? It's like, it's kind of a close thing, you know?
2: Yes. I I really liked it. I mean, compare this to something like Daddy Long Legs or The Last Five Years, I think it's right up there. I don't think it's like in a very different category than any of them.
1: Yeah, and and actually, I think now that you mentioned like, uh, especially Daddy Long Legs, I think this does feel a lot like like a show like that.
2: I think Daddy Long Legs is a little worse in my opinion because... It doesn't really do anything with the functionality of two individuals where this feels like they're trying to use that to as an asset as much as they can.
1: I do really like the use of the second uh, character to play all the characters and not yes. just like Yeah, and, and it's it's explained in in a way with like she's technically only playing one character, but
2: But she's that impersonating is, others
1: impersonating all the other characters and she
2: gets to be a better actress as the story unfolds which is also an arc for her
1: yeah it's 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 really good i mean it's got a lot of very good stuff yeah um um, do you want to hit a mid-show and then talk about some of the songs i would love to hit
2: a mid-show and then talk about some songs all right let's get into it andrew take us through the mid-show
1: yes Today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donation by our donors at Patreon. Uh, Patreon is where you can go to uh, give us money to help keep the show running and also get some extra content. And you can watch Jess Bike. Yes for I have been biking this whole time. He is taking a break right now, but o- he will only be biking to adjust again my shortly. microphone.: <laughs> He will be biking again soon. Uh, also, we probably have a new commentary track up since we're recording one this Saturday. Um, hopefully so we should have a new one up now uh but we also have all the old ones up so if you haven't been a patron before uh you get access to a lot of new stuff
2: exactly ed zachary but who's our, supporting us
1: our current patrons are and let me go through this quick so you don't have to bike for as long as physically possible it's Melissa right. Goldman Danielle Rennox, Justice Stampede Ewan Cassidy Monica Thoreau Brent Black Nathaniel well, Daniel Stacey Coombe Joseph Evans Green Mary Lou Choquette John Vanals, Russ Walker, Musical Hell, Emily Gracie, Kyle Summers, Janay C, Scootin' the Technicolor Dreamcoat, Liz Lim, Nothing is Certain Except Beth and Taxes, The Thespian, Robert Benjamin, Jessica T, Mitchell Young, Chai Teacup, Chris Marcote, Leela, RJ Noriga, Bjorn Hermans, Toriana Frazier, Sammy the Antiquota Mount Jacobson, uh, Leanna Morton, Kaylee Blazier, Cinemageddon Reviews, Zip Vilas Miss, Sofina Ali, The Omega Geek, Paige Pearson, Maddie Wargle, Eliza Erdman, Anna Loskatova, Sarah Den Blaker, Evan Ball, Zachary Torres, Rora Morasso, Mara Forloin, Captain Rod Taskick, Blesley L, uh, Possessed Washing Machine, uh, Nick Roten, Julia Hardy, Jay Kusia, Caitlin Bridgman, Sydney Hicks, Anna Bell, uh, Billy Clifton, Andrew Wright, and the Red Caboose Kaboom.
2: They give us a little financial support that helps us to keep the lights on here at Musicals and Cheese. If you would like to join them, come hop on over at Patreon.
1: You know, that's a sentence. The only thing keeping the lights on at Musical. Cheese right now is just biking. He's literally hooked up to the power grid.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If I stop pedaling, we'll lose water and power. (laughs) Don't worry, I'll never do this again. This is a bad idea, but I'm committing to the bit, goddammit.
1: He's committed to the bit. This is a terrible idea. (laughs) I don't know, maybe it'll be fun it's kind of funny at the very least it's a novelty for sure
2: <laughs> I, first podcaster to do an entire podcast i mean this is basically just a peloton thing if you hop on your bike you can experience my pain
1: with you <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get back to the show and talk about some of the songs <laughs>
2: I really like the opening number The World's Greatest Story because she's selling me a bike and she's doing it well.
0: (laughs) New perspectives are long overdue If you want to make them read I got the vision that you need You are moments away From the world's greatest story You are moments away
1: Actually, I, I was really uh into the opening number and I thought um I thought I would like this more based on the opening than I than they ended up liking it. Um though I do still really like this opening.
2: It is I agree with you, it does kind of sell a different
1: tone than the rest of the
2: show ends up being. But that's not entirely a bad thing, because I also like that tone, but it just wasn't the one set up in this scene.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, that's fine. Y- you do But what this you do. feels
2: like a very con man song. I also really it gives you a chance to fall in love with the actress a lot.
1: Oh yeah. And she really sells it here. I mean the the whole opening is selling the the framing device and the everything about it, you know, and it's it's mm-hmm. it's really done well. And I I really wish it kept some of this tone throughout the whole thing. It it keeps some of it, but yeah. I wish it kept it like more.
2: <laughs> I don't disagree. Um the thing I really like about this And things that don't, like, it's a lot more scatological than the rest of it. Like, she brings up, like, people being afraid of bicycles titillating people's private parts and things like that, which is a little bit more (laughs) racy than the rest of the show turns out to be.
1: It's a bit raunchy, but yeah, the rest of it does not have that sort of tone.
2: Like, the Um, only time, like, the F word is used is, like, in an emotional scene where she's yelling at Fred. Yeah. Like this isn't a very racy show, and just starting with that kind, of, there's a lot of things I would kind of touch up a little bit to kind of make this more in
1: tone for the rest of it.
2: Not that's bad. I really enjoy it. And riding it on a bike, listening to it on a bike, where it's like, yeah, bicycling is fun.
1: Well, bicycling being fun, what did you think of ride?
0: It's just arrived in the scene, a new miraculous, spectacular pedal power cycle machine. Why not take one for a spin, it's the latest craze You can get from Massachusetts to Ohio in a matter of days So let the getaway begin, don't be deterred Its construction's far from random With every part working in tandem You'll be riding like a pro Need for chaperones, it's you who sets the pace. Let's liven up the human race. On your marks, get ready, grab your bike and go. Just run.
2: friend ride is i would say the the song to sell the show and to sell the actress um i love the fact that she does voices and the voices are very distinct especially for a show where you have to play multiple characters both as yourself but in character doing those characters she does a great job specifically the like chucky finster voice she puts on i love it i find that so wonderfully charming
1: I think the first couple songs is where I was really into the show. Like, and this I, and The
2: Wager feel hand-in-hand hand together, too.
1: Yes. And I feel like this... It. I don't even know where it really lost me, the show. Um, It might have been, like, the Fred Rose stuff. I don't really know. I feel like once the melodrama kind of started, that's when I wasn't quite as into it. Um, I, I though, get that,
2: but the melodrama is a different kind of thing I like.
1: The big twist with the family, though, was kind of like, whoa, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I get I get why that it kinda of throws you off. Yeah. But I don't so I particularly really,
1: mind it. I really do like these first like three or four songs here a lot.
2: Um, yes, but Ride is the one that they're always using in the marketing. It is the title of the show. It is a title. <laughs> and it works. I really like the song and it shows like not to even say I know we don't talk a lot about singing ability. It's not an easy song to sing and it it's all belting more
1: or less. They do a great job though. Mm-hmm. You, again, this is a you have to get the right person to play the part in the show like this because it's just it really is just the audience and the actor for such a long amount of time and you have to nail it and impress people, you know?
2: Mhm. And if you, your actor is out of sync even a little bit, this show is a it's a failure right on its face. I do want to talk about specifically the charmed existence of Fred Rose.
0: Oh, to leave the child existence of Fred Rose. Another day begins and he thinks his lucky stars that he's Fred Rose. And yet you're here. You're traipsing around the Middle East and getting robbed on trains. I had to take some time away to find myself. Uh huh. Midlife crisis, a sabbatical. I just got tired of all the same routines and couldn't bear to stay. I needed some adventure in my life.
2: Because, as a story song, I really think this is effective at conveying exposition and character background and overall emotion about how this person feels. Do you think she's telling the truth on it, though? That is a good question. We do set her up as a very unreliable narrator, so why would she?
1: But do you think? I'm asking you. I don't think it matters. That's fair, and that's kind of my opinion as well. But
2: (laughs) um, I think it's just like I don't know. It just kind of makes you feel both. I get why she's enamored with him. I get why she feels very connected to him. I don't know. I I I I really liked this as storytelling. There's not a lot of storytelling songs because a lot of these songs are kind of let's stop and
1: have a musical moment as opposed to let's stop and tell story. Well, because it's kind of a road trip. Whereas this is like an actual it's it's like they stopped at a real like location and took a second to tell a individual story on its own.
2: Yeah. And I think that's where it really kind of it's a different kind of feel, you know. Um, <laughs> but speaking of a different kind of feel and the closest thing we have, we have two eleven o'clock numbers here for the two actresses in different ways. And I do want to go into them. Um, the first one is Stranger, which is. The one where um she really unloads her past trauma explains like how she's a daughter of immigrants and how she abandoned her family to do this and how she just kind of wa- she didn't get opportunities and how she resents others for the opportunity she that they got and how destructive it was, and how she uses all of this, especially the lying as a coping mechanism
0: she sings her children to sleep, while she dreams of a world without lullabies. She knows the maps of their skin, reads each freckle, each mark, sees herself in their Rise. There's a sense she
1: I mean she like breaks down in this oh yes <laughs> it
2: is like it is like ben platt levels a
1: breakdown on stage yeah like she really does sell it and it, it's it, it's very good even if it's not what i wanted
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> i do want to say i don't think i'll ever watch the pro shot again i will listen to this cast album a lot and i know that about myself this will be a constant repeat on my bike rides um It just gives me the feels, and it has a good build. Like it's a good mix of fun songs and then pathos at the end. That I really think
1: the album is an ideal way to listen to it once you know what the story is. (laughs) So you you think that the show, the album, overcomes the show in a way?
2: Kind of, and I feel similar ways about other shows that I love, like Paul Gordon's Jane Eyre that is a show that is very flawed, but fuck, that's a great album because I know the book chain air and I can just put these songs into the places that I know they go and, you know, pretend that it fits the way that I hope it does. That's that's
1: funny though, but it, it kind of makes sense. In a way, you're turning it into a concept album instead of a uh, yes. instead of a musical.
2: <laughs> and I do that with a lot of Broadway show or a lot of musicals, honestly. And I think a lot of us tend to do that for shows that we think we're in love with. I think a lot of the people for Ride the Cyclone do that and a lot of people for Be More Chill do that rather than engage with the content in its final form.
1: Well, yeah, because, I mean, if you listen to the album versus watch the show, I mean, what's the time difference on that? And you're cutting out so many, like, book scenes and stuff like that.
2: And then you can kind of make your own connective tissue. That's why I think so many shipping things happen, like take the B-mail or Chill fan base. Or even the Dear Evan Hansen fan base, where they just took those songs and put their own story to it. And then they
1: actually watch the show and they're like, what? What? Yeah, how how many people thought Dear Evan Hansen was about a gay kid? And if you listen to the album, I get it. But it's not. (laughs) It is definitely
2: not. But I don't blame anyone for doing that because I do that too. I do that
1: a lot more than I would like to admit on this show, honestly. So what did you think of this second second 11 o'clock number?
2: And that is out of time, and that is for the other lead, um, where she has to take on the role of Annie Londonderry. I believe that's how you say yes. it, Annie.
0: And then I'm off to Vietnam. And though I swan through Saigon, I don't find much joy in Hanoi. I quickly move from town to town. The clock is ticking, and the days are counting down. With no companion by my side. I do what I do best, I clear my mind and ride. And when the folks back home come call in, asking questions about all the things I've seen, I'll say I never had the time. No, I never had-
2: And she does a fantastic job, and she- is back to the original Annie from act one, but it's a different actress, but you buy the story because she's playing it so well. She is playing it's, it just as well.
1: And it's a, it's a completion of two story arcs in one go. Exactly. Uh, because now the uh, other character is a good actor now. Um, and
2: embraces. Okay. So in act one, that character is like, but that's not the truth. You should always tell the truth. It is very like, no, it, it you must be honest. And all these things, And then she's like, no, you can't have embellishments. That's not accurate. And then in this part, she is embellishing like crazy, making up her own narrative where she gets kidnapped by pirates and stuff and like has to escape at the nick of time and just barely gets back. And she's like, oh, I get why that's important.
1: (laughs) And it's great because you can't tell a fun story and completely tell the truth.
2: Yeah, (laughs) you have to embellish like you do on a podcast.
1: Yeah, like Jess actually isn't riding a bike right no, now. No, I, I am. I promise, I
2: am. Don't take away my valor, you son of a bitch. I stopped oh for goodness. one minute in the mid show, but besides that, I did not. I did not stop pedaling. <laughs> patrons will hold me accountable. I hope.
1: I don't know if they will. We'll see. I think patrons will be like, "Oh, he's doing a fucking bit. Turn off." <laughs> no, you have to. You have to turn this on. He's beat red right now. <laughs> Like it's it's Oy. unreal.
2: I'm not that <laughs> bad. It's just hot in here, too. <laughs> then it ends in Ride the Moment, a great reprise of Ride, but it's a little bit more it's both of them. It is so they add a little bit more to it. Um, great ending to honestly, the more I talk about it, the more I think I love this musical.
0: She wakes up. Dawn is breaking, she goes to her office, her territory. She knows the day is hers for the taking. She thinks in silence and begins her story, oh, She writes the moment, she goes where rivals fear to tread. Among
2: love the album i think is the honest answer and i really i'm gonna watch these composers closely because while i don't think they like hit a home run on their first pitch i think they're gonna hit something pretty good
1: <laughs> is this their first go is this i think their this first? is more or less their first show that is impressive then i mean this is a good job for a first show for sure
2: like compare it to jason robert Brown's song for a new world over the last five years yeah this is great and the fact that they're playing with unreliable narrators and not doing you know the basic kind of oh, here's my story and what I went through. And they're not just doing a one-to-one Hamilton ripoff, which I'm seeing a lot of people
1: do nowadays. <laughs> um, Hamilton ruined! It's Brain rot a musical theater. Yeah, Hamilton is Hamilton, and everybody else can't <laughs> be that, you know? Maybe
2: Six is the closest thing to Hamilton that isn't Hamilton, but uh, we'll get to that.
1: We'll cover that eventually. I yeah, feel like I... every time Six comes up, we we say that we'll cover that eventually. I think that's the meme. <laughs> When will they cover six? Eventually. It will be our final episode.
2: No, I already know what our final episode is. And what's that? I can't tell you. Oh, okay. You can't tell me. I I can't tell the audience either. Okay. But I know what it is.
1: <laughs> will we even know when our final episode is? Or will there just be a day where <laughs> we, we record? Dies the... Because a deer kills him on his bike ride? No, nah, we just, we record the last episode and we... Don't lose internet anything. in the world because the government turns it off.
2: Speaking of that, what's your overall
1: thoughts on um Ride the Musical and your cheese rating? I think that I I did like it. It wasn't something that I disliked, that's for sure. I liked some elements of it. The con man type stuff like the liar, stuff is fun. I really like the idea of like it being a good thing to embellish a story and lie a little and
2: bit i don't even disagree do with that i think like lying is seen as such a negative thing in a lot of media
1: and i'm like nah it's fine i think it depends how you do it and i think that lying to create a fun story that you know just it's just embellishment of something that actually mm-hmm. happened that isn't, like, propaganda necessarily, like, it's just, you're having fun with it. In the That's tale of Liberty bad.
2: Valence, if the legend is more interesting than
1: the truth, print the legend? In a way, yeah. As long as the legend isn't some sort of ridiculous propaganda. All right, propaganda. The sound of freedom. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, there was some elements that I wasn't quite so sold on, and I didn't really feel like the music was what I wanted out of the show. Um, though Jess clearly did. <laughs> I did
2: I though I completely agree with my previous critique it is very 2000 mid2000s rock pop fucking Broadway esque but I like it as an album. <laughs> if we do a revival, maybe maybe choose some different clothing <laughs> costume design. Yeah.
1: So as far as a cheese goes, I'm gonna give it uh, I'm gonna give it gray owl cheese from uh, the Formaggio kitchen in Boston.
2: <clears throat> baston
1: um and i think i would actually recommend trying to watch this because it is short yeah. and it has a good pro shot a great pro shot i
2: uh, one of the be- better looking than the hamilton pro shot which looks like garbage doo-doo
1: but you can't see as much spit in-
2: oh yeah you're right <laughs> um i really enjoyed it i listened to the album i watched the pro shot i will listen to the album again i am impressed by the actress i'm com- impressed by the composers and writers i would love to see what they do next all the above um, I am giving this some picnic, um, artisanal cheeses, um, because I feel like when you're on a bike ride, you want to just have, like, a little nice picnic
1: of cheeses out and about with some bread. Yeah, that does sound like something I would do in a bike ride. <laughs> Get a little basket in the front. Exactly. Put cheeses in there.
2: Like a little Wizard of Oz basket. Um. Yeah.
1: Or E.T. E.T. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Ouch. Um, all right. Thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, at Musicals of Cheese. We're on Twitter at Cheesy Musicals, Patreon Musicals of Cheese, Instagram Musicals of Cheese, YouTube page Musicals of Cheese, Patreon only podcast. We have a commentary up there. Email us at theaterliz at gmail.com. Our keeper of the cheese is Juliet Antonio. This show is edited by Andrew DeWolf, and he's doing a great job at keeping me straight and correcting me in the edits. All right. Uh, thank you to the Broadway Podcast Network for having us on the platform, for not kicking us off, for literally... Having an episode where I breathe very hard into the microphone uh, <laughs> the entire time. Jess, are you out of breath? Yes, I am. Goddamn right I am. Yeah. Jess, has your foot slipped off the pedals and slammed right into the floor and given you a good, a good old scratch across your leg? You know it has. Oh, God. Four or five times now. It hurts like a son of a gun, but I'm not stopping. All right.
1: Get some fucking sleep, dude.
2: I'm so fucking tired, man. All right, Andrew, anything else you have left to say about fucking ride?
1: Uh, I'm glad I didn't ride a bicycle this entire episode.
2: All right. Uh, We'll (laughs) see you next time on BS Schools with Cheese. And I did it for an entire episode, bitches. Check the Patreon video if you want proof. We'll see you next time. (laughs) And I want to fly across America.